You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 282. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Annika Harrison and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Hello! Hey son, hey son! Annika, I heard your voice. Oh, on. Yes. Did not sound like Brian at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> weird. That's, that's a coincidence. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Yeah, good to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> so, um, how's it been, guys? I'm very well. I have a vacation from, uh, I don't know, from what, but I have still vacation. <laughs> From all the work you've been doing. <laughs> Absolutely. From your life. From my, Yeah, so I've actually been, been playing golf today, which is nice. Mm. I don't do that often enough to become very good at it, but uh, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Annika, how, how's the little skeptic of your household? The little skeptic is on a walk with the bigger skeptic. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, she's good. But teething. Okay. I actually made a very bad dad joke today because I said like, oh, I think today it's going to be a Tuesday. And then I was like, oh, oh wait, it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Tuesday. Great. Good. Yeah. Okay. So very bad joke. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's much more where this came from. Yeah. Th- of course. This is why we have Annika on the show, people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Great to have you back. So, yeah, what else? Oh, guys, I was working this this uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, by working, I meant that I was with tourists. Ooh. For a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a domestic tour. Um, I mean, not in my household, but... <laughs> but uh, not that domestic, no. But <laughs> it was within the borders of Hungary. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went up to almost the northernmost part of the country, which is beautiful, very hilly, which is not, we cannot be told about most of the country. And yeah, it's a beautiful area. And I, I really love going there with um, tourists. And this was a completely full coach that we went with. Ooh. I mean, every seat was taken. And that has not happened for a long, long time. Is that safe? Well, we tried to play safe, but unfortunately, on the day of our tour, all the restrictions regarding wearing masks and having to have uh, vaccination to enter specific uh, places or at least immunity, uh, either through vaccination or having had the disease, well, it's been lifted, all of it. Mm-hmm. So Orban decided for some reason that after 5.5 million uh, vaccinated people, talking about at least one dose they're going to lift all these restrictions which is not very safe i i would say because that's only a little bit more than one half of the population of the country right so it's very very far from having reached uh herd immunity so i don't know i don't know i'm not really happy with these but then the problem is that even though i started out by asking people to wear masks all the time on the bus i found myself after a while i found myself not not wearing them either towards the end of the day 
yeah. uh, which I'm not very proud of. But this is how the social aspect comes through, right? So, like, you start seeing a lot of people around you not wearing those masks, and you start feeling feeling weird for wearing them, and you 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 only realize afterwards. You don't you don't realize while you read it. But I just found something really weird yeah. that not wearing the mask so we're gonna have to live with this it's a risky job you have yeah, yeah apparently yeah yeah mm. and i'm planning to go to italy mm. on the 20th of july so far the trip is on we'll see if any changes occur uh that might affect uh, the possibility of of doing the tour but if we can do the tour, it's going to be an, an eight-day tour to the south of Italy. So, so how long do we have to wait until you're or a host on the Virgin Galactic? Yeah, that would be a good job for you, right? On a Virgin Galactic, I don't know, but uh, I will be watching the test flight on the eleventh. Right. Uh, so it's, uh, it's this weekend, the weekend after the release of this uh, podcast. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, I can see you there as a, as a host in the in the big in the front of the thing there, and say oh, yeah. to the right through the windows you see space, and to the left you see more space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, with with the company that I work for here in Hungary, it's called Fehirvat Travel. Uh, you you like the name Fehirvat, right? Pontus. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know how to pronounce it. Yes. <laughs> As in Czechish Fehirvat. Beautiful. Beautifully done. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the thing is that I already asked them for a tour. If they start organizing tours to the moon or to outer space. You're first in line. I want to be the guide. I want to be the, <laughs> the first guide to do it. And they agreed. So, um, oh, great. That's good. I'm then. very happy. I might have to wait another 20 years or so right. uh, for that to happen, but I don't mind. But in the meantime, I might end up applying for a job at Virgin Galactic. I don't know. Oh. Ah. But Richard Branson, isn't that a cool guy? Mm. I just recently listened to Michael Shermer's interview with uh, Robert Ballard. Mm-hmm. You know who that is, right? No, remind us. The guy who found uh, the wreck of, of the Titanic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And turns out that like the guy is dyslexic. And the same could be told about Richard Branson. And look at what those guys have achieved. I'm absolutely amazed by that. And uh, Richard Branson founded his first firm in the 1970s. And now it's 400 different companies that the Virgin Group is controlling. So it's absolutely amazing. And Virgin Galactic is probably the the coolest among them all. And uh, they announced on the 1st of July that uh, there would be the the first fully crewed test flight. Because there have been manned test flights of Virgin Galactic. I mean, the craft that is called Unity, and it's the 22nd mission of it. It will be just a 22nd flight in outer space depending on how we define outer space but it will go up to about 50 miles which um, amounts about 80 kilometers above the ground which is pretty much out there so it's (laughs) it means that they will be in space (laughs) only for 20 seconds but that's still a big deal and richard branson will be on board Unity. And that's the big thing about it, because Jeff Bezos is planning to go out on his Blue Origins ship on the 20th. So if Unity's launch is successful on the 11th, that means that Richard freaking Branson beats Jeff Bezos. So uh, I don't know, but for, for some reason, I really root for Branson. The space race is on. Yeah. <laughs> And it has a it has a European connection because Richard Branson is English, mm. Sir Richard Branson, mm. by the way. 
So, Sir Richard, we are rooting for you and uh, your company's success uh, in bringing the space race to the next level, because that's what we are talking about, guys. The space race. The sprays. <laughs> the sprays. Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> You're truly back, Annika. Okay. Yeah, I filled all my joke batteries. <laughs> <laughs> recharged yeah you you had enough time to do that yeah. <laughs> all right so good luck to richard branson and virgin galactic for the 11th of uh, july but we're good luck to us as well because we've got quite a packed episode to deliver so uh why don't we crack on with that yeah <laughs> and the first thing to do as always is finding out why this week is relevant to skepticism Yeah, and this week we have a bit of a superstar of science (laughs) in our This Week in Skepticism, and that is Nikola Tesla. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys both probably heard Mm -hmm. of him before. We didn't have him on the show yet, though, so um, I thought, let's talk about him. No, the the reason for that is because he's dead. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why I still wanted to talk about him. I would have loved to interview him. I think he could set some things straight, because there's a lot of things said in his name that probably wasn't so. (laughs) We should definitely make like a ESP seance (laughs) with Tesla. (laughs) Let's try that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe on our sixth birthday. Yeah, but... Back to the point. Uh, Nikola Tesla was born on the 10th of July, 1856. Mm -hmm. And he was a Serbian-American inventor. He was an electrical and mechanical engineer and is mostly known for the AC electricity supply system, which um, changed a lot because it's it's more stable. There's less energy loss. It's like in in comparison to to DC, like to direct... um, current it's it's it changed a lot with electricity and how we we work with it in our all day life tesla was born in the austrian empire today in croatia and he studied engineering and physics but dropped out of university he worked in telephony and emigrated to the us in 1884 and this is like i i say he dropped out of university on purpose because i just wanted to like show again <laughs> How, like, degrees are nice, but to be a cool person, you don't have to have a degree. (laughs) Oh, so there's hope for me, too. Mm, Very good. (laughs) For everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Tesla invented several devices. Um, For example, a Tesla coil. It's an arc lighting system. Um, The induction motor, turbines, and other really cool things. Yeah, he died in 1943 of coronary thrombosis. And left his lab behind. But he is also a very interesting person in the regards of that he had like an idiotic memory and he spoke eight languages. He was a humanist and opposed to religious um, fanaticism. But it's also important to always stay skeptical because I don't know if you heard it, but according to an FBI document, Tesla is actually from Venus. Oh, Venus. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Is there such a place in Croatia that we haven't heard of? Or are we talking about a planet Venus? Yeah, sadly, he is, he is apparently from Venus, according to this FBI document. And um, mm. yeah, this, this just goes to show that it's important to not only stay skeptical, <laughs> but also to use Occam's razor and then just think like how likely is it that it's only this one person comes from venus <laughs> also mm-hmm. how likely is it that someone can survive on venus right now 
Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, or if you're evolved to actually live on Venus, how would you survive the cold when you got to Earth? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you heard about the the latest uh, reviews on why it's probably not a thing that we even covered that on this show that on Venus because of phosphine? Yeah, yeah, it was. They they theorized that there might be living organisms living in the clouds of, of Venus, but now they are debating it, and it seems like it's almost impossible. Uh, it w- it was uh, expected actually that that wasn't correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's so harsh that even for bacteria, it's impossible apparently so or nikola tesla or nikola tesla how would he survive yeah not the, not the only thing about nikola tesla that that has been circulating <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's right <laughs> but um he he for me is still like one of the superheroes of of science so i i just wanted to give him a bit of a shout out in <laughs> today for this week in skepticism yeah <laughs> but a lot of pseudo scientifically minded people always refer to Tesla. Tesla said this and Tesla said that and according to Tesla my bullshit is correct. Yes. So he's been very much misused by uh, by people since. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we definitely should do the séance, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, to get things straight. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and there have been a couple of ideas of his that didn't quite work out. But there are things that people believe that he he actually said, which has never happened. So he was trying to experiment with um, wireless energy transfer as well. But uh, he hit a wall because there are laws to physics and the the, the laws of physics cannot be beaten. And uh, unfortunately, the signal strength decreases uh significantly with the distance i mean with the square root of the distance which means that it's it's not the best way to transfer energy because of all the energy loss that you will experience and yet people claim that he has done it and the big companies just pushed it aside because it's not in their interest to let something like this operate and uh, it's not. It's the laws of physics that don't yeah. allow things like this to operate. Right. Yeah. But he wasn't wrong in looking into that because it was, I mean... Yeah, exactly. Maybe. You you never know. Now we know. But uh, people then claim that it actually worked and it's being suppressed and they have rediscovered Tesla's secrets and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And... Um... The other thing is that he was a proponent of uh, generating electricity, like hydroelectric power. And uh, he was one of the consultants on the hydropower generating plant on Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And his statue is there on Goat Island on the American side of Niagara Falls. Something that I will not be able to see this year, unfortunately, Hmm. for the second year in a row. Ah, never mind. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Annika. Thank you. And happy birthday to Nikola Tesla. Exactly. (laughs) It's good to commemorate people like him. All right. So moving on to Pontus poking the Pope. All right. Yes. And in I bet you he's got something to hide news. Uh, Good one. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) The Vatican's criminal tribunal was busy last week. Mm -hmm. They announced on Saturday that they had indicted 10 people and uh, three corporate entities for various forms of financial corruption. And this included a real-life cardinal and prince of the Vatican, Angelo Becciu. And I hope I don't 
butcher his name quite so much anymore since being uh, educated so well by our listeners but keep those sound files coming by the way Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, let us know how to pronounce names really properly anyway this guy Betu we have mentioned him before this um, quite unprecedented indictment centers around 400 million dollar real estate deal in London which um, was carried out by the Secretariat of State of the Vatican while Betu was their boss. So if you're not quite familiar with um, Cardinal Angelo Betu, uh, he was earlier the substitute or sostituto for the Pope, both under Benedict and later under Francis. But then he was stripped of all cardinal privileges in September last year. So he was stripped of his privileges, but he's still nominally a cardinal. But what was unusual about this was not just that he was stripped of his privileges, but it was also that he didn't try to hide the fact. Instead, he called for a big press conference declaring that he had been falsely accused of financial misconduct. Uh, So he's quite a character, and uh, true to form this time, When he was now indicted, he responded to this by issuing a press release claiming his quote-unquote absolute innocence uh, to these specific charges. And those charges included quote embezzlement, money laundering, fraud, extortion and abuse of office, end quote. What a nice guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yeah, very nice guy. Prince of the Vatican, indeed. He then added that he is now, of course, quote, the victim of a plot hatched against me, end quote. That's what he said. Mm, Poor thing. So that's, of course, always what people say when they are getting caught, or allegedly, I should say, because we haven't seen the actual trial yet. It's interesting, but I think he's deliberately messing with Francis at this point. The Vatican always wants to keep all of these kinds of scandals quiet and under wraps. And the best way, I believe, to fight back is to make as much noise as possible. But he is definitely the highest-ranking official in the church to get charged with criminal offences since Cardinal Pell. And that is not even a fair comparison because Pell was not charged by Vatican or the church. He was charged by secular law enforcement. So, in a way, this is worse. Uh, The Vatican itself is going after one of their own. And that illustrates one point that reflects not so well on Francis. Pell was charged with sexual misconduct and uh, the church did basically nothing about that. And they could have. And in fact, Francis later celebrated the release of Cardinal Pell uh, last year. But Betsu has, well, allegedly again, gone after the church money and now Francis is coming down hard. So um, says something about man's priorities. So, and we'll of course see how this goes. And I'm sure there will be more interesting developments after this and probably more publicity stunts from Betsu himself because he apparently enjoys doing such things. So to be continued. And then we have some other Francis news. Uh, We have several times brought up the horrible news regarding former Catholic schools uh, in Canada, run by the Catholic Church, of course. And uh, last week's episode, indeed, was uh, titled Schools of Horror, and that's what we uh, meant with that. When talking about that, we also have repeatedly said that the least you could expect from the head of the church is an official apology. 
And that is something that Francis has refused to do so far, even when asked publicly by uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who actually has apologized. This week, representatives of uh, indigenous groups in Canada declared that they want to see the Pope visiting in Canada in December this year to deliver a formal apology in person. And I don't think that is an unreasonable request. And Frankie has so far done everything he can to avoid it or not talk about it too much. He said, well, we feel for the victims, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, feel for the victims indeed. You could at least apologize. We will see how that works out, if he can wriggle his way out of apologizing again. Then, last but not least, Francis was admitted to a Roman hospital last Saturday for colon surgery. Something apparently had to be uh, removed from that area of his body, and I could say I'm not surprised. However, I will try to refrain from making jokes that are quite obvious and right themselves. Or what do you say, Annika? I think maybe you had something to say about that. Yeah, I'm. Um, I read a very bad joke about that on Facebook. <laughs> okay, uh, one of my Facebook friends made it. Um, it's a German one. I'll try to explain it. So the throne where the Pope sits on in German is called Heiliger Stuhl, holy yeah. chair. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a doctor and he suspects something is wrong with your bowels, you have to give a stool sample, right? Mm-hmm. And in German, Stuhl and Stuhl is the same word. Yeah. So someone said, huh, maybe something was wrong with the Heiligen Stuhl. <laughs> Actually, I get that. That's funny. <laughs> it is indeed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> From what we're told, the procedure went well and Francis was actually able to hold his Angelus prayers as usual the day after, which was this Sunday. So I think um, whatever was wrong with the, the Heiligestuhl, how would you say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the, with the Heiligestuhl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fixed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Now... Poking the Pope sounds a little bit more weird than usual. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> okay. There's a reason why we do this on a, uh, on a remote distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. So uh, <laughs> I hope the Pope's bowel issues have nothing to do with you poking him. But thanks for doing that again. Thank you. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic, which we haven't done specifically for a while. Okay, it's still all over the news. Uh, Everything is all over the news regarding the the, the pandemic. So I'm not going to ponder too much on this. But we've already mentioned in the context of me resuming my travels or possibly resuming my travels that travel restrictions are being eased all over Europe. And for a while, it seems the the reason for that was because the cases, the number of cases dropped significantly compared to previous times. However, since then, on the last week of June, we've seen quite a significant rise in the cases again, probably as a result of the, the lifting of the restrictions, but it was a 10% increase compared to the previous week, which is quite significant. However, we must not forget that it was during the time of the European Championship, the U- U- UEFA, U- UEFA, or uh, I don't know how to say it. I'm, I'm not a football fan. I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> but uh, the Euro 2020, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> because it was postponed from 2020 to 2021. 
Well, there are a couple of signs that suggest that it might have something to do with that too. For example, the Finnish Institute of Health and Welfare did issue a report that said that the total number of cases showed an increase by about 400 compared to the, the week before, on the last week of uh, June. And this was right after a lot of people went to St. Petersburg, Russia, to watch the Euro 2020 matches. 4,500 Finnish fans travelled to Russia for that purpose, and uh, by the 30th of June, a total of 386 of them tested positive for COVID-19. And with the follow-ups, they could identify 50 further infections that were caused by those people. So this is only the number of people who went to Russia for the football matches. So we're going to see those numbers popping up here and there probably from all over Europe because people have been traveling to those matches. Uh, A lot of people came to Hungary, for example, uh, to see those uh, our matches. And uh, we're talking about 50,000 people sitting in the stadium. And that's quite a risk, even though for the matches that happened here in Hungary, there were restrictions regarding entrance to the, the stadium. Never mind. So that's one thing. The other concern internationally is the Delta variant, which is now quite well established to be more than twice as contagious as the the previous variant, which shows us how important it is for everyone to be vaccinated and to be covered by the vaccination programs. But as more and more countries join the group of of, uh, places where the greatest problem is vaccine hesitancy, we're going to see a rise in the number of cases again as a result. I'm not going to go into detail, but we have to mention it, that there are more health issues connected to mRNA vaccines uh, popping up here and there. Uh, Myocarditis and pericarditis Uh, is something that shows a clear but very minor effect on especially young people. So we're talking about something similar in uh, frequency to what we saw much, much earlier in the AstraZeneca vaccinations. Mm -hmm. So very young people and mostly male that we are talking about. With, With AstraZeneca, it was very young female patients that were mostly uh, affected and it seems to have some kind of an autoimmune deficiency background so it's a very minor but identified effect that we can see and it's only with the mrna Mm. vaccines and it's still very very rare it is extremely rare but this adds to the already existing distrust towards the vaccines in the eye of the public because obviously for purposes of transparency the debate about all this happens in front of the public eye but the public is not ready to assess the data and the situation based on the data available so that's my problem and it's been an ongoing debate regarding transparency since the beginning of the pandemic that What do we have to share? So on the one hand, we want to share everything so that people see that we don't try to hide things. But on the other hand, trusting people to understand the thing, understand the situation uh, without the necessary knowledge, background knowledge and training, it's a challenge. It's, It's quite a challenge. 
And uh, to finish on, I'd like to mention something that the WHO Europe region did because of a lot of countries trying to open up for tourism, mostly for economic purposes and economic gain. We have to understand how we want to deal with this drive, this very strong drive to travel. And they issued a Q&A on vaccination and travel this summer, which is quite an important piece of document, I think. They try to get people to stay home if they can. If they feel the urge and they definitely have to go, try to protect themselves. Even if countries themselves decided to lift those restrictions regarding wearing face masks and uh, social distancing, try to do it on your own initiative. So wear your masks, clean your hands as frequently as possible, keep a safe distance from others if you can, and avoid crowded situations. Now, (laughs) this is not going to happen if we're traveling in large numbers, but you have to try and uh, keep those in mind. And get your vaccines. If you want to travel, please, out of consideration for others and for the situation itself, please get your vaccines before you start traveling. For some countries, the problem is that, uh, for example, in our country, that some of our vaccines, the Sputnik and the Sinopharm vaccines, are not accepted by many countries across Europe. Mm -hmm. And this has become quite a big deal, which is something that politicians have to deal with, that they have to make the necessary arrangements. But, uh, well, since Orban and his government is not very popular across Europe, I don't see why those countries should be much more open or much more willing to allow things like those vaccinations to be accepted. I don't see that happening in the near future, which pisses off a couple of people who planned to to travel this summer after having had the vaccinations. Um, Something that really annoys me about the COVID rules, for example, in Germany, but also in other countries, I know that for a fact, (laughs) is that for the soccer games, everything is like opened up-ish because it brings money. But for example, I've got friends who will give birth soon they're still the same rules in, uh, as they were when when I had Luna. So so like you mean um, like regarding the father being present or not being the father oh, okay. being present um, at at birth after birth and so on. So it's just like yeah. if you're opening it up because it brings you money, why aren't you also open things up a bit because you're empathic? But apparently that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right. So um, enough of this. And uh, I think it's time for us to turn towards the news. Yeah, sticking with uh, COVID a little bit for a little while here. um, I guess it was just a matter of time before somebody thought of it. But apparently some young genius came up with the idea of cheating the COVID self-tests. Oh, no. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, because it turns out you can create a positive result, quote unquote, by pouring orange juice on it. And uh, the trick is that if you're increasing the acidity of the test, uh, it makes it appear positive. So it's quite easily uh, doable. And um, so, and the question is, again, then why would you want to do that? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> it turns out that some pupils claim, quote, it's a great way to get two weeks off, mm-hmm. uh, end quote, from school, that is. And um, this little ploy now is uh, currently making the rounds on TikTok uh, videos and I guess on other things as well. 
And of course, it's really stupid. Now, most of most pupils are now on summer holiday, but but still. Um, and the thing is, it really works, sort of, uh, as tested by The Guardian. But of course, it doesn't work because it, it, it's just a waste of everybody's time and resources. And normally, a positive antigen quick test will be followed by a PCR test. So maybe you do get one or two days off while you're waiting for the second result, but it, it doesn't really work. <laughs> and, and, and kids, please. If you're not on summer holiday, kids, go to school. You're supposed to learn something. School is a good thing. You're not supposed to skip it. Yeah, and the most important thing you learn at school is not how to cheat no, the system. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> well, people do learn that apparently anyway, but that's not the important lesson, folks. Yeah, but but also there's a more serious part of this as well. The whole thing feeds into other misinformation such as the idea that there is coronavirus in orange juice, <laughs> believe it or not. Oh, That's a logical uh, <laughs> somersault you can take. And don't think that the internet doesn't have people who want to make stupid claims like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, it's just that, that these lateral flow tests, uh, they're simply based on chemical reactions yeah. and the formation of complexes, and uh, that can be affected by acidity. Yeah, but that's why you should stay in school, so you learn these things and you don't fall for stupid claims. Yeah, yeah. 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 By the way, that's the reason why you need the buffer. So the, the little solution that you have to drop on the the entrance hole uh, where you put the sample as well, mm -hmm. it doesn't only contain the complex forming material, but also it is a buffer. So it will make sure that the liquid that enters the lateral floor of that um, chromatography unit will not change in pH. So the, the acidity level stays the same throughout the run. So anyhow... Don't cheat, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, from stupid ideas to stupid ideas. <laughs> Good. We love those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll have quite a few of those um, today. Yeah. And, and this particular stupid idea was uh, brought to our attention by Edsa Ernst. Mm -hmm. And it is that the British government wants to look into cooperation on research into Ayurveda and Ayurvedic medicine and to promote yoga. Wow. So, yeah, they they seek NHS recognition of Indian generic and Ayurvedic medicine. Mm -hmm. And so far, so good. Oh. Ayurveda is a range of techniques, um, for example, meditation, physical exercises, nutrition, relaxation, massages, medic and medication. And it's all about balance. So they, for example, say that the suppression of natural urges can lead to illness. And I have to say like that reminded me a bit of like this whole theory of humors that have to be in balance in the human bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. Apparently most, like both air quote medical ideas are um, pretty much of the same age. Mm -hmm. I think Ayurveda is even a bit older. <laughs> And here in the medicine of Ayurveda, uh, the ingredients are very varied. So there can be plants, minerals, animal products, but also toxic substances like heavy metals. And thus the efficacy, of course, depends on the ingredients. So if it's like something that will kill you, it's not really efficient. If it's something that does nothing, it's not really efficient, but it's also not harmful. And maybe it's if it's something like a very special herb, um, it might help you. Or there can still be a placebo effect. So 
you can't really say like it's not working at all you can't also say it's working so as that Ernst said like it's it's probably smart to stay cautious and to see what is harmful what works and what not and to the topic of yoga it's like yoga seems to be safe but more like an exercise form and not like a medical thing <laughs> right yeah it's all about wellness it's wellness and fitness it's not about about being healthy yeah it's, it's not a, um, a health intervention yeah you have to not, treat it as it is yeah it's not a medicine but it may be good for you anyway yeah right yeah, yeah like movement is, is good we know that <laughs> yeah that's not news and ayurvedic medicine or if you call it medicine quote-unquote medicine is also could be really dangerous because there's been uh, investigations finding lots of, of heavy metals in them and, and other stuff that's not even on the label. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. We should definitely um, follow up on that and see what happens there uh, once the legislations there come through. So mm. that will be very interesting. Yeah. So in more stupid ideas, <laughs> feel a theme here coming. Yeah. <laughs> Since 2014, Ukraine has started to employ also female soldiers in the army. And that's not a stupid idea. <laughs> but that uh, has been done uh, as a response to the Crimean War and the unrest with Russia, of course. 15% of the country's armed forces are now women and... Uh, well, regardless of what you may think of, of about war and armed combat, and you may be against that, but uh, we're all for uh, equality and against sexism here at the ESP. So we're glad that sexism is disappearing now in Ukraine, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Except it's not at all. Damn. So as a preparation for the celebration of the country's Independence Day on 24th of August, the Ukraine Armed Forces has started to rehearse their scheduled parade. That's fine. But some genius decided that the female troops should march in high heels. Ugh. Pictures of this <laughs> went viral, of course. What an idiotic idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so end of last week, pictures went viral. There's been uh, naturally been a lot of pushback against this, both domestically and abroad. And for, for one thing, a handful of female lawmakers brought high-heeled shoes into Parliament. I think that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And put them in front of Defence Minister Andri. No, now here, here we go again. Send us our, your sound files. Andri Taran. And he, they suggested that he could wear women's shoes during the parade himself and see how that feels. Uh, a member of the Golos party, Inna Sovsun, said, quote, it's hard to imagine a more idiotic, harmful idea. Uh, and she was pointing at the health risk as well. I mean, come on. Yeah. Try to march in high heels. Try even to walk in high heels. Exactly. I wouldn't. Yeah, it's dangerous business. It's like even if, if he would have said, like, just put on, like, very nice slippers. Yeah. Like, like I mean, like, slip-on shoes that are, like, very f f feminine and, and have bows and everything. Like... He would still have gotten flack for that, <laughs> yeah. but not as much as that because heels are also so dangerous and, and they really cripple you in a way. <laughs> right. So yeah. So Inna Sovsun also went on to say that uh, women soldiers of Ukraine, like men, are risking their lives and, quote, do not deserve to be mocked, end quote. And of course, I agree. 
And I guess we should be happy that they weren't forced to parade in swimsuits and then give interviews afterwards, expecting them to name their favorite pets and wish for peace on Earth. Yeah. Even if I do recognize that the last part might not be inappropriate for soldiers, I guess. Peace on Earth is good, even for soldiers. But, uh, you know, they were treating it like some sort of uh, beauty contest. or That's what my the connotations are. So initially, what was the reaction from the authorities? Well, they tried to defend the whole thing initially, which of course is ludicrous. But now it seems they're backing down. The defense minister said that new footwear was being tested out. And if the trial of the quote-unquote experimental footwear went well, they could be issued to all female members of the military. Experimental footwear. Yeah. Come on, army boots. Yeah. Army boots for women can't be rocket science. So, uh, oh, I hope they get this right. But uh, I mean, it's it's surprising how many things don't fit the female body, yeah. or like no, not the female body, but most female bodies. It's like um, I don't know if you knew, but like um, bulletproof vests, for example, yeah. don't really work if you have boobs. No, and and that's why I'm like, mm, it's probably. It, like depending on the foot <laughs> it might there might be like things we don't know as non-shoemakers here on the show <laughs> right but of course like there's not like the female body but still like come on like size it down get some experts in the room and and then you have army boots you don't need to have right. special female footwear <laughs> no experimental footwear yeah. that was what she called it yeah. <laughs> 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 okay so to Go on with the idiotic ideas that, that we're covering on this week's episode. Have you ever thought of uh, buying an abandoned village? Sure. Oh, buying one? Always. Um, Always. Not lately, no. <laughs> Actually. Okay. Um, because uh, fortunately, you can do that in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Up in uh, the Scottish Highlands in Perthshire. Please, our Scottish listeners, make sure that I get it right because I usually have a hard time trying to pronounce uh, Scottish uh, geographical names. It's <laughs> difficult. It's yeah. Info at the esp.eu. That's the address. So there is a loch. Uh, those are usually very long and deep lakes, and this one is Loch Dai. And the old village that is covered by the area that is on sale is called uh, Lowers. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. So it's a company called Goldcrest that tries to sell it. And it's not a not a massive area because it's only 1.3 hectares. So don't expect a massive land. But there are lots of abandoned buildings that were abandoned uh, in the time of the Highland Clearances, uh, which uh, was a, a bit more than a hundred year long process of a lot of places, geographical places in the Highlands, in the uh, Scottish Highlands, getting abandoned uh, for political and economical reasons. So there's a very good trout fishing uh, spot and owning the land will will come with the rights to do trout fishing as well. Uh, some historic uh, rune buildings are made of, made of stones and the original advertisement doesn't mention that, but for some reason, on the reporting of this fact by Edinburgh Live, the statement appears that the area includes runes of the old uh, village church, uh, which is called the Old Lowers Church. And why that one is important is because that's connected to the Lady of Lowers, which is a famous ghost uh-huh. of a person who used to be a Scottish soothsayer. 
So you can buy your own ghost as well? Your own ghost. So the Lady of Law... Do you mind if I inspect the goods before I make a bid? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But the status of this um, property appears on their website as under offer at the moment. So someone has already took the bait. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know if it has something to do with the the ghosts uh, being advertised there. But the Lady of Lovers already has her own uh, Wikipedia article, but it it does say that it needs additional citations for verification. <laughs> but <laughs> no there are uh, a couple of stories circulating about her. Unfortunately, the existence of this person who went by the name Mary Campbell is debated as well. So she may or may have not even existed. But she prophesied a couple of things and there were several of them that became true for example the church building being destroyed the moment a certain ash tree reaches the height of the church tower and the same ash tree was concerned about the prophecy that had to do with a man who died and had a terrible misfortune for the whole family of his after chopping down the tree and and all that so these are all linked to the 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 prophecies of the lady of lowers so i don't know if it's important but advertising something with a ghost that's quite interesting. Hmm. Never mind. By the way, you will find the link on the show notes. And the place is absolutely beautiful. And for £125,000, it's an absolute bargain. <laughs> so I would buy it if I had the money. Okay, good. All right. From stupid ideas to some science, even if it is depressing science. Heat waves everywhere. We hear about Canada, we hear about Siberia, temperatures getting close to 50 degrees Celsius, which if you are used to Fahrenheit, it is a lot, 50 degrees. Mm. Uh, We also had uh, quite a heat wave in the north of Sweden. It's above 30 degrees Celsius, which is unusual. And um, Stockholm now is reported to have had the highest temperatures, average temperatures of June ever for the third year in a row. So since the measurements started in 1756, that's 265 years ago. No other June or month of June has been hotter measured as the average temperature per day. This is just uh, another reminder that uh, climate is changing, if you're still doubting that. It may be... A bit repetitive, perhaps, to keep coming with these kinds of news on the show, but it's not going away, people. So um, we're going to remind you all along. Uh, you've had pretty hot weather as well, guys. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 36, 38 degrees Celsius. Yeah. 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 Uh, in in Germany? Well, it's varying. Like um we had a few heat waves, but um we also had like I don't know, 14 degrees and rain. So oh, it's like okay, really? it's a bit mm. aprily <laughs> right now. Uh, all right. Interesting. In the south of Sweden, we've had uh, what I would normally consider just pleasant weather, like 24, 25 degrees, which you can enjoy, except that I'm aware that it is for June, a little bit higher than normal. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's also like you can just see that it's out of whack. Like in in other countries, it's just like raining so much. And in Japan, they had like an earth earth slide. Yeah, or mudslide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mudslide. You can just see like the climate is just out of whack, and it's it's influ- yeah. impacting. Yeah, for other places like uh, Western Canada and Western Western U.S., uh, it's devastating the, the the heat wave and the the drought. Yeah, and the forest fires. Uh, in the wake of all that and did you know that that there is a place that's called the last ice area no just to north of uh, greenland Mm -hmm. and to the northeast side of greenland and covering uh parts of uh, northern canada as well and it seems like it's disappearing very very fast so in 2020 that area has lost 50 percent of its overlying ice wow well, so there will be times where there's like no ice on Earth. No ice around the North Pole yeah. in summer, which is terrible news for places where polar bears live, for example. Yeah. But think of all the positive things, like all the oil we can now find uh, up there and we can oh, yeah. use even more fossil fuels. Yeah. Yeah, to fuck up the planet even quicker. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Emit much more carbon dioxide. Yeah. I just saw a report actually about carbon dioxide there is an organization called the coalition for negative emissions and they are uh, making calculations as to how much carbon dioxide we need to extract from the atmosphere to try to keep the the climate goals expressed at the paris agreement Hmm. and we're talking about one billion tons of carbon dioxide and you know how much they estimated to be possible to extract with the current pipeline of projects that are in development Hmm. about 150 million tons Hmm. so like 10 times less than is necessary Hmm. for it to be sufficient wow yeah and we're talking about if we want to do this we need to extract all that from the atmosphere by 2025 it's not going to happen so no basically we're screwed and it's all because of conspiracies of the oil companies right (laughs) (laughs) yeah or is it (laughs) 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 yeah but the spanish skeptics are there to help because they um, are planning a skeptical congress in spain Uh this year it will be online and it's about conspiracy theories so Spanish listeners and those who speak Spanish should definitely pack their tinfoil hats (laughs) for this conference um, on 9-11 and um, they want to address questions like, why does Wingdings unravel the darkest messages of 9-11? Mm-hmm. Or wingdings. can you walk to the edge of the earth to throw away the can of soft drinks that you have carried around looking for a trash can? Okay. <laughs> that would be handy, right? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Pertinent questions. Things that we've always wondered. It's so pressing. It's very, very important. Yes. But you will find news on the website of the... Spanish skeptics soon and we also will keep you updated on that so yeah it will be a very interesting um, online congress and I wish my Spanish would be better because then I would totally be there (laughs) I heard that part of it will be in English Hmm. especially because I connected Antonia de Oñate with a Hungarian guy who's an expert on conspiracy theories and as far as i know they agreed that he would give a talk in english ah 
Good. Very tempting. <laughs> About 9-11. Yeah. So um, yeah. we should check that out. Yeah, we should. Yeah, or if Antonia, if you're listening, yeah, uh, drop us an email about about what's going on about that. <laughs> yes, do that. <laughs> all right, but that has been all the news that we had prepared for this week. Yes. And um, that means that we have to find out who's been really wrong or really right or whatever. Well, yes, yeah, so we uh, talked about stupid ideas. So here's, here's another one for you. Uh, there is a Russian food firm called Vukusville, and I'm sure that's wrongly pronounced, so please send <laughs> us your sound files uh, with the proper pronunciation. But I'm going to say Vukusville because I don't know anything about German. Anyway, this firm, they tried to be a little bit progressive, and they posted an ad on 30th of June, which displayed a family with two women as the parents under the slogan quote, recipes for family happiness, end quote. And they posted this ad with the message, quote, we think it would be hypocritical not to talk about the real families uh, among our shoppers. We advise you to weigh up all the pros and cons before the re reading this article, end quote. So they realized even when they did this that this was going to be controversial. Uh, it was also posted at the end of uh, Gay Pride Month. Good for them. Well done. Trying to be a little bit forward and a little bit uh, less uh, bigoted. But boy, did that backfire. The company was drowned in criticism from conservative bigots and from homophobic idiots, the involved people on the picture, which I understand is a real family, not just actors or models. They received death threats and abuse online. And I, I really, really feel for them. I, I, I hope they're all right. Uh, the company was forced to backtrack and replace the image uh, of the ad with a, quote, more traditional family, end quote. And uh, that's terrible that they had to do that. Uh, but I don't think that they had a lot of choice, especially since the abuse was getting towards the people on the picture there. And here's where Russia and other countries uh, are in an evil spiral with, when it comes to accepting LGBTQ persons. You have a populist politician or a gang of politicians, uh, and they are picking up on conservative idiots and creating laws like the Russian ban on gay marriages and adoptions, uh, adoptions for gay persons, that is, in which came in 2013, and then the ban on, quote, gay propaganda, end quote, of last year. And this, these laws, in turn, they, they normalize the bigoted views in a downward spiral that leads to violence, abuse, and even worse legislations uh, further on in the future. If we could just get some rational and critical thinking into people's education, that would be... That well, we need that. But then, dictator-like governments don't uh, have made-up threats quote unquote, to divert uh, the, the public's attention to, because they need that. Uh, they need to divert attention from the actual problems in their countries towards anybody else that they can just uh, conjure up. And the LGBTQ community is, is a very easy target for them. So this is really terrible, and for actively promoting bigoted views, which then leads to this kind of abuse and terrible ideas and suffering for, for totally innocent people, 
The Russian government, and yes, Putin himself, gets today's prize for being really wrong. This is what it leads to. Well deserved, yeah. Oh, you're going to get into trouble for that. Yeah, uh, bring it on. (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just take off my shirt too and we can... uh, compare oh well actually he he would probably win that contest but it depends on what the rules are you can just both wrestle a beer yeah yeah we'll see we'll see what happens (laughs) (laughs) and and, and i would add also that even if it backfired uh perhaps we should say that vikusville or whatever however it is um, pronounced the the food company they deserve a a really right for at least trying to be a little bit sensible Mm. yes all right Thank you very much. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, obviously, we need a quote. And who else to bring a quote from than Nikola Tesla? Ah. (laughs) And what he said was, The scientific man does not aim at an immediate result. He does not expect that his advanced ideas will be readily taken up. His work is like that of the planter, for the future. His duty is to lay the foundation for those who are to come and point the way. He lives and labours and hopes. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. It's a bit like a teacher. (laughs) Yeah, indeed, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, so with those very deep thoughts and very important words, I'd like to thank both of you. Annika and Pontus for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Many, many thanks to our listeners as well for tuning in. Please keep doing so. And until next week, goodbye. Tschüss. Hello. Bis lat. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Shrub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe I don't know what that was. Yes, good morning. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Okay. We're all for equality and against sexism here on the ISP. So we're glad that sexism is now disappearing. You said ISP. (laughs) ISP. You did, but it sounded very Australian. That's why I didn't want to. ISP. (laughs) ISP, mate. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.